if someone else is out there doing it, it just means that it's viable. Kind of thought if we all kind of shared our experiences, that would be a way to make the world a better place. When it comes to DJing, they're the first ones to find out about technology, but they're the last ones to adopt it. Passage to profit, road to entrepreneurship. You just heard some snippets from our show. It was a really great one, so stay tuned. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I am Kenya Gibson filling in for Richard Gearhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart. I work with Richard at his law firm, Gearhart Law. I do the marketing. We have Emmy award-winning media advisor, Vinny Potestivo. He's going to be here with us to talk about how he helps people get their claim to fame. And then we have Kurt Davis with KD Alive, Sunrise Ventures, Kakuma Ventures. He's really got an interesting story and a lot of cool things going on. So stay tuned for that. And after him, we have A-Rock Castillo with BPM Music and BPM Supreme, which is a really cool thing. If you're a music creator, I'm going to let him explain it. It's pretty technical, but it's really great for creators. Instead of IP in the news today, since Richard is not here and Kenya is a marketing genius, we are going to have a marketing minute. So Kenya and I are going to talk about something you can do right now today for your business by yourself and why it's important. And if you don't want to do it by yourself, there's a lot of people that'll do it for you. So Kenya. Well, I don't know about the marketing genius part, but I definitely love a good idea. And I definitely love to help people grow their business in all different kinds of ways. So we're going to talk about the importance of Google reviews and your online reputation today. And Elizabeth, you and I were chatting a little bit earlier about like just how important it is for people to leave you a review because that's like your first facing to the world as a business owner. Right. And the other thing is, I don't know how many people have Google on their phone or have a Gmail account. So it all goes through your Gmail account. But I will tell you, I give reviews. I get emails from Google that say, you just went to Vinny's studio. How was this place? And then I'll leave a review. So it asked me for a review. So for myself personally, I only give good reviews if I don't like something, unless somebody has really been incredibly nasty to me, I just won't leave a review because I feel like there's some karma there. So I give good reviews to the places that I like. And I'm considered a local guide because I've given so many reviews. So the Google reviews are becoming more and more important for getting noticed online because Google is putting more emphasis on those. So how do you find out how to do that? So this is the technical part I was talking about. So first of all, you have to have a Gmail account, a Google account, and you go into your Google, type in Google, get Google up on your computer, and you go up to the upper right corner of your screen, and you'll see your Flavicon, which is, is that how you say it, Kenya? Oh, I have no idea. Favicon. You see your Favicon, I think it is. There you go. Which is a little representation of your website or your Google account. So mine is my picture in for Gearheart Law, it's just a big G, right? So next to that is a little grid with nine dots. So you all have seen those nine dot grids, right? If you click on that grid, you'll see a bunch of things that you can do with Google. And you can go into the business part on Google. And that's where you can list your business with Google, make sure everything's right. And also reply to reviews if you do get reviews, which we, it's very important. So I reply to all of the reviews that Gearheart Law gets. So that's just something you could do yourself today to give you more visibility on Google if you haven't already done it. A thousand percent. And I would say even the bad reviews that someone might receive, the importance of replying and addressing matters like publicly is super important because you never want to have a bad review there that you've totally ignored and you haven't paid attention to, right? So testimonials are powerful. And there's this great book, it's called The Little Red Book of Selling by Jeffrey Gittimer. And there's a great quote in that book that says, when you talk about yourself, it's bragging, but when people talk about your business, it's the truth. So that applies to Google reviews and any other online reputation that you're building out there for your brand and your business. So super important to make sure you have testimonials up there and people can talk about your business. Right. And if you go into your Google account, you can get a link to send to people to leave you Google reviews. And what we did for Gearheart Laws, you can put that link behind a picture and send them the picture and say, could you please click on this and leave us a review? Or you could just send them a link and say, could you please leave us a review? So if you do get those bad reviews, you want to find all your clients that love you and you want to ask them for a good review. For sure. All the good reviews will definitely outweigh like a potential bad one that you might have. So we will go to Vinny. Vinny, what has been your experience when working with clients in terms of like testimonials and reviews. reviews and that such? Here's the good news on bad news and the bad news on good news, right? The bad news on good news is that you have to ask 
for positive replies. That's the bad news is that we actually have to put energy out into the world and say, hey, I know everything's working great. Just stop, stop the greatness for a moment and just translate that with your little fingers or maybe voice note it and, and record this moment of greatness and share it with me. The good news about bad news is that the more good news we have, the more ability we have to stand out. With bad news, we don't have to ask for bad reception. We don't have to ask for bad reviews. Unfortunately, we know that's sort of coming our way. And the only way to really offset that is twofold. One, create a neutral place. And Google does a pretty good job at creating a neutral playground for opinion. So if someone wants to share their opinion and it's leaning towards one way or the other, if they come to Google, which Google says your opinions matter and this content matters, and we know that that feeds the algorithm. The other way I wanted to point out reviews, whether you are a business owner or a patron or a business owner who is a patron, reviews are a great way to stand out. I am a generally speaking positive reviewer on google except for one dog groomer but y'all go find that one i'm gonna drop that <laughs> easter egg out there I felt, I felt very passionate about representing something so I, I put that out there but i get giggly and i get warmth when i see people positively commenting on that uh, not negative but stern feedback honest feedback that may have saved their dog from something that wasn't safe for one reason or another but what i do to stand out is make sure that people know where i'm coming from so i'm not just leaving a small tiny one word review no thumbs up i use the review as an opportunity to let people know as someone who's recorded thousands of hours of programming in new york and spent you know probably hundreds of hours casting animal footage specifically i found this to be off-putting and I give that context into my feedback and that allows to be honest the reader to be able to say oh not only might I recognize where he's coming from but I find a way to make those reviews be discoverability moments for me as well and I would just add to that in terms of feedback like it's so valuable as a business owner like you want to know what's going on with your business and sometimes if people don't tell you then you might not otherwise know what's going on. So that's super helpful. Thank you for that. Kurt? You know, I can add reviews from like a personal standpoint as well as a company. Yeah, I did B2B software for a while and it was very important to have very in-depth reviews, like the goods and the bads. And so sometimes you have to say a little bit of honesty to show that there's some authenticity in your reviews. And then just for recently for my new book, I've been trying to get reviews <laughs> and it's quite hard to get people to, to read your book and get a review. So not only are you asking them to spend several hours, but then they have to like kind of think about it. So I often send them knowing who they are. I usually send them some information to say, you know, maybe something along this lines, and then you can add in. So they do that. But I do echo the sentiment that you're using a lot of effort to get this out in the world so that people who don't know you can verify what you've done. But it's worthwhile because I think those reviews are very helpful to strangers and people who don't know you. So it's a good exercise to do. For sure. Have you ever thought of incentivizing people to give reviews, like maybe offering them like a free ebook that didn't take you too much time to put together or something in exchange for leaving you a review? I have. Sometimes I go to the extent of actually just like sending them the book or trying to give something of value to them. So yes, uh, a little bit more than an ebook, but you know, try to do, you know, even sometimes free audio books because you know, Amazon will give me like 50 free audio books. I'll send those out to people if they help me out. So yeah, that's cool. A rock. Yeah. I mean, for example, with us, we recently launched a new product um, here in the company. And immediately when you launch a new product, even Apple has technical issues, right? When they first launch new software or anything like that. So we had some hiccups that we needed to fix immediately. And those reviews actually helped us identify some of those technical issues. And I think it's important because it keeps the internal team on their toes because you want to make sure you get those good reviews and in order to get the good reviews you got to perform at your absolute best me personally as an individual i'm bad at leaving reviews because i'm just always on the go and even though i have great experiences at some of the you know restaurants or wherever i go it's I find it hard for me to go back and do the review. That's just like one of my things that I, I want to improve. But from a business standpoint, I think it's important because it does keep the team on their toes. You know? For sure. I'm guilty as charged when it comes to leaving reviews as well. But I'll tell you what worked one time. I was at a restaurant 
and they're like, listen, we'll bring you a free piece of chocolate cake if you leave us a review. And that usually works. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But then then at that point, it becomes a thing where now the the business is almost bribing people to take action versus just being a genuine where it's like, oh, you know what? I had a great experience. Let me let me provide a great review, right? In this particular case, it actually was really good service. I, I just think the the call to action for me was the cake. It depends on the situation, but I hear you. Yeah, I don't think yeah. bribes are necessarily a bad idea. If Because if somebody tried to bribe me with cake and I thought the food was terrible, I'd say no. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. If that restaurant were to say, here's a piece of cake, if you'd like to leave us a review, now would be a good time to do it while we fetch your free piece of, you know, so it's all definitely right. in the positioning. Um, A-Rock, you bring up a great point about the barrier of entry to getting those reviews. Maybe some of the things I would say is... Um, hey, if you do a gratitude journal, if you take five minutes in the morning, and if you're one of those people who has this built-in system, then squeeze my moment of generosity into when you're already giving it out. If you're not, maybe one of the ways we can become better reviewers is, to be honest, if it's not on my calendar, it's not going to happen. So like, put a 15-minute schedule once a month and find something to be grateful for. You'd be if not just those 15 minutes of silence to participate in like this gift of gratitude. And then the last thing I wanted to say was, Kurt, I think you had a point when you were talking about asking for these reviews. And I think that if we put it in context, if we say, hey, look, these reviews matter to me because more people will see positive reviews and I'll sell more books in the first month. That will make me have a bigger impact. Amazon will give me a special little mark for hitting this mile marker. And we could all get there together if one person and this, you know, were to sort of move forward, but maybe put it into context because what you don't really want is the review. What you want is words in that review that you can put into action. And that also made me think of like, when we get those reviews as business owners, if we're lucky enough to get one, yeah, we can reply back to them. That's almost standard. I think the way to elevate it would be to reach out to them and say, hey, thank you for the review. Do you mind if I take this review and use it in some of my promotional materials, right? Because just because they gave us a review doesn't give us the right to use their name and likeness in our printed collateral. Like we still need that approval from them. And that those just might be other ways to incentivize them without needing to, like A-Rock points out, gift them with cake or incentivize them in any way other than just being part of the story, you know, subscribing to and supporting me in the way that I know I'll be able to take these reviews and make them transactional. Yeah, I mean, I know we've spent a little bit of time on this, but is is super important right now for any business owner to really think about these reviews and really make sure that people are seeing you in a really positive light. Because honestly, if you don't have good reviews, people will not hire you these days and Google will not put your business up there in the top tier. So anyway, I think we're ready to move on to our interview. So Kenya, do you want to introduce Vinny and say a few words about him? Yes. So Vinny Potestivo, as I had mentioned earlier on, has won an Emmy, which is amazing. And he helps clients leverage their media exposure, find fame and make an impact. And Vinny's worked with some really top names here. So I see Sharon Osbourne. Uh, he's worked with Diddy, Carson Daly, Snoop Dogg, DJ Clue, who I work with at Power 105 here in New York City. And yeah, we're so excited to hear from you, Vinny, and what you're doing for your clients. Uh, DJ Clue Minotti, a big yes. shout out to that guy, by the way. <laughs> by the way, as you're listing some of my favorite people in my current playlist that are gems of my life, I'm just overwhelmed with the stories, the lessons that I learned from these people, the way that I learned the power of collaboration from Snoop Dogg. Or the way that I learned the power of investing in yourself from Nick Cannon. The power of focus and standing out from Beyonce. Like I was in the room when these greats were coming through MTV in the late 90s and early 2000s. And I, I don't take my time there lightly. And I'm happy to say that, you know, Nick Cannon, Wildin' Out, uh, The Challenge, TJ Lavin. Like I've got, I got two out of the three old guys on that channel yeah, <laughs> on that yeah. network 20 years ago. And I never was one to think legacy. It wasn't something, a word that wasn't shared in my family. But when this word popped up, as most buzzwords do, I sat back. I've never been more proud or confident in the group of talent that I helped enable and propel to become massive storytellers that have changed our lives, that have changed TV, that changed the economy just from storytelling. It's it's so powerful. Definitely. Well, I work with Mr. MTV himself, Bob Pittman. So, oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I get the MTV days Ooh. and how important they are and still are. I feel like MTV is just iconic, right? It, it set it, the stage for everything music and entertainment related. You say it set the stage. It created a platform for a whole new genre 
of media called music videos. And then MTV went out and secured deals with labels and said, look, we'll give you a couple of thousand dollars, but we trust the artist. Let's give them a couple extra thousand dollars and make some video and let's play it. And for 20 years, by the way, it worked for MTV because everyone in TV thought that if MTV is doing it, we can't do it. You know, this weird, this weird, well, if someone else is doing it, we can't do it. And to all y'all business owners out there, like this is my red flag waving. Like if someone else is out there doing it, it just means that it's viable. It means there's an audience, there's money, there's energy. Someone has already spent money on educating people what this even means. And I think that that's why Facebook has such huge success after MySpace. And you, I can go on and on and on about how many times I've heard people say, oh, I didn't want to do it because it's already been done. Oh, I don't want to have a podcast. There's 4 million podcasts. I'm like, how many poems? How many books? How many TV? This is not stopping the reality TV market. And I think I can draw a lot of parallels between creating sustainable talent brands and building sustainable business brands that now have a creative component thanks to social media and modern media, this narrow cast world, simple cast world of podcasting and, and a broadcast world of media. Awesome. Well, very well put. We have more coming up on Passage to Profit with Vinny Potestivo when we return from the break. Stay tuned for more Passage to Profit. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With Kenya Gibson filling in for Richard Gearhart and Elizabeth Gearhart, we have been talking to Vinny Potestivo, who is a media advisor and has worked with a lot of really famous people and has kind of figured out the secret for getting your podcast noticed. And we're picking his brain on how we as radio show hosts and podcasters can move up so people really want to listen to us and notice who we are. So the first part of our conversation was great. If you missed it, of course, this radio show is a podcast tomorrow, so you can find it there. But Vinny and Kenya were just talking about the difference between fame and success. And it was a really interesting conversation. Now, we have many other things to pick your brain on. So how do I pitch my story to mass media? And another one is what does talent development look like to you? That's a great question about how to pitch your story to mass media. The answer is in rephrasing that question, to be honest. This is an annoying answer. It's about networking. So the last thing I want you to think is that this is a transactional moment that you'll never hear from me again. You don't even know me as a valid voice. You have no clue what my credentials are. And I'm bombarding you with this thing that I think is so important that I'm pitching to mass media. I think that if we pitch ourselves as sources and not focus on the story, that we have a lot more success. And I've had a lot more success in getting quotes from my podcast printed in newspapers that have been picked up globally by locking in and making sure that the person that I'm pitching to knows that as a source, not only do I have existing quotes, but I let them know what's coming. So my podcast, I sit down and I talk to the people that we've referenced uh, Mandy Moore, Jamie Lynn Sigler, Danielle Fischel, the, the woman who played Topanga in Boy Meets World. Ja Rule, I just sat down with and recorded Christina Milian and Generation X, uh, the millennial audience that rushed home in the late 90s, early 2000s from MTV Know Them. When I launched my podcast, I, I wanted to stand out and I didn't think that if I were to flex my Rolodex that that was going to make me stand out as much as, as if I were to able to flex the relationship I have with people. So instead of having 52 different celebrities on my podcast every single year, I have 12 celebrities a year and I record four to five episodes, each of them. And that gives me a month to be present with Mandy Moore. So in November, I have three episodes with Mandy Moore coming out. So this gives me a month with Mandy Moore, by the way, to be able to put, push content out. And she can pick and choose whatever she wants to support on social media. There are a lot of other much 
more important conversations that are happening on social media, to be really honest, than my podcast. I'm happy to add to the creative conversation around some of the conversations that are happening on social media. But by me creating that relationship and time relationship with her and her audience, it lets me have a, a deeper penetration to the conversation at hand and have a more meaningful relationship with the audience. Also, in terms of publishing the episode, many of us think of publication as like you know, hitting publish from Podbean, Anchor, wherever it is, and the podcast sort of goes out. I wanna throw in a couple of other words, because you, you mentioned you know, how do you even stand out as a radio host. Syndication is one of the things you're doing right now, right? You're own, you own the show, and that there's, there's an exchange for time and advertising, and, and you're ultimately bringing the most valuable piece of the equation, which is the content and the relationships and everything that infrastructure relies on. But if you're not lucky enough to syndicate your entire show, maybe you might create a two minute segment and you can start asking some of the podcasters that you connect with, hey, can I have a two minute repeat segment once a month? I'm gonna sit down with this person. I'm gonna sit down with these types of people. I'm gonna have these types of sound bites that I don't think you're gonna be able to get and I can produce them for you. So for me, it's, it's access to some of the talent, but syndication is big. Aggregation is gigantic right now. If you are converting your podcasts into blog posts, then you're already winning because this is a huge data point in, in our industry that's like hurting all of us. Google does not know yet as much as they want to know about the podcast data. I'll share a big tip actually. IMDB now allows you to upload your podcast as intellectual property. So as an owner of IP, I can now upload my podcast, if it's already aired, to IMDB, the internet movie database owned by Amazon, that will 100% have an impact in your search engine result protocol and, and pages, as you see on Google. It has completely, by the way, changed what shows up for me. My podcast is called I Have a Podcast. I called it something that we, we all kind of say, and I now rank because I entered into Amazon to IMDB also, by the way. IMDB is a place that converts the data point between my production company and my podcast. IMDB is the place that converts the data points between my Emmy Awards and Communicator Awards and W3 Awards with my production company and with me as an owner and producer. Not only does IMDB do that, it gives me the ability to write in my taglines that rank on Google, an unlimited amount of access to upload promotional content. So if you're making videos and photos for social media to promote your podcast like imdb is just sitting there waiting for you to upload this and it, it literally will change your google search image results and then the the best two parts the final two parts are credits i get to get credits alongside of all my guests so if you go if you were a fan of this is us and you went to the this is us page and you went to mandy moore's page afterwards you would see she was on podcasts and you would see that she was on mine You'd also she she was on Jimmy Fallon and late and a lot of other podcasts as well. I bring that up because these big giant TV shows are doing exactly what I'm talking about. They have segments, social media segments built into Jimmy. You can point them out, Jimmy Fallon. You see it very easily that these social media segments built into the infrastructure of the show, so they don't have to repurpose content afterwards. They get to prepurpose it. It's already shot with the intention of landing on social, which is how the proper music was used. Maybe you'll notice, by the way, in TV, our fonts tend to be a little bit smaller. When things are meant for digital, the fonts are a little larger, so you can start to spot out when something on television was created for TV, but with the intention of being distributed in that podcasting world. So aggregation is a big way to stand out. Aggregation is culling through content. So there's a great aggregator called Q, Q-U-U.co, actually. If you go there, it's free. You can say, I want 10 blogs about podcast marketing. And when you log on, that's what you'll get. And it's AI that picks, you know, what the blogs are. And if you like it, you can share it to LinkedIn, Google, Twitter. And the thing I like pointing out to podcasters is how to get into the aggregator. Because if your podcast, if your blog is being discovered at a point where people are looking for podcast marketing, they don't need to find your guest and your artwork and all the other stuff that we focus on spending so much time and money on branding. We're giving them exactly what they asked for. Vinny Potestivo. I know Richard would love to pick your brain. He's going to kick himself for not being here, but we're going to go to a quick break and then we're going to come back and Kenya and I are going to talk about our segments and then we're going to talk to our other presenters. And Vinny, I hope you can stick around and help yeah. ask questions and bounce ideas around. So 
Passage to Profit, Road to Entrepreneurship, Kenya Gibson's filling in for Richard Gearhart and Elizabeth Gearhart. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventing a toz.com inventing a to z.com email me lisa at inventing a to z.com treat yourself to a day chock full of networking education music shopping and fun go to my website inventing a passage to profit continues with richard and elizabeth gearhart kenya gibson sitting in for richard gearhart i'm elizabeth gearhart we just heard from our guest Vinny potestivo he had amazing advice for people that want to break through the noise and get noticed with their podcast and their brand and if you missed it it will be on our podcast tomorrow, which comes out after the show. But now it's time to move on to Kenya's segment, which is Power Move. Kenya, who's the Power Move for today? So excited to give Power Move to French Montana, who has just been honored with the Innovator Award for raising over $226 million for African healthcare. So according to reports, he was honored earlier this week with the 2022 Pencils of Promise Gala after helping raise more than $226 million for healthcare in Africa. And sources say that French was given this year's Innovator Award for funding the Budando Subi Hope Health Center, which is a healthcare source for new moms and their children in a region of Uganda. So French Montana is our power move for today. What a great person, really. Healthcare and being healthy is the number one thing, right? Oh, definitely. And I'm big on the healthy moms and babies thing. So that's always important. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Thank you. So now it's time for me to talk about my startup, which for those of you who don't know, it's a video directory of small businesses online. And I filed my patent application, as you know, right now I'm working on the trademark application. So I changed the name for a number of different reasons. And I made sure that I got approval of my new name from Kenya because she is my creative genius. She's my consultant for anything creative. She also okayed the logo that I came up with. And so I'm going to file those now as an intent to use trademark. Well, I'm going to have the law firm file them. So I kind of reserve my spot and then I'm having my new website developed. And so we're going to use the new trademark and logo in my new website. But if you haven't used your logo or your trademark yet, you can file intent to use, which helps you a little bit. So that's where I am with my company right now, but I'm really excited. I went to a big networking thing yesterday. Uh, It was a women's networking event. I hadn't been to a big networking event since pre-COVID and it was really fun and I made some great connections. So I think it's about time to get out there and do it. People seem ready. So anyway, now we are on to our next presenter, Kurt Davis. Kurt is a technology entrepreneur. He's done amazing things with his life and he's here to talk about his latest venture, KD Alive. So Kurt, please tell us what you're doing and then tell us your story. So KD Alive is what I like to call the hobby. And so as I had traveled over the last 20 years, working uh, mostly in business, helping build startups uh, across the world and 10 years in Asia, and, and then uh, took some time off and went to backpack around Africa, went to 20 countries. I just blogged and I like to write here and there and take some pictures and then blogging kind of evolved into taking some more videos and learning how to do some decent videos. I'm not very good at it, but uh, then finding some younger people to do it with me. And then just created a platform called KD Alive, which was really uh, focused on sharing experiences, right? Like I, I kind of thought if we all kind of shared our experiences, that would be a way to, to make the world a better place. And uh, one of the things I love to do is travel. I was also afforded that opportunity through business, not just travel, but live for 10 years abroad in different countries. And I wanted to share as much as possible, especially with people who didn't back in the US travel as much. So whether it was the food or how to learn languages or climbing Mount Everest or whatever that was, just try to share that. And so that's really what Katie Alive is about. It focuses on two or three central themes. One is well-being, another is travel and that intersection. There's a lot of people in different cultures 
who are, uh, find different ways of happiness and well-being than we do in the U.S. And then also entrepreneurship and uh, kind of what entrepreneurs around the world are doing to create better communities and lives. What do they do in Japan? What do they, what do, they do in China? So it's a, it's a little bit of a hodgepodge, but uh, there's no reason why it can't be. It's, it's my thing. And so I like to to kind of just blog about what I'm doing at that moment. That's what Katie Alive is. And I uh, just released a new book and I have a book about Africa. And hopefully we're going to work on a TV series about that. That's what it is. That's amazing. So Kenya, do you have a question? Yeah, I was just going to say, can you talk a little bit about the user experience and what people can expect to encounter? So right now it's just, it's really simple. It's just a blog with videos and articles. The projects are on the website. So we have two or three main projects. One is kind of a startup entrepreneurship center in a refugee camp, Mm -hmm. which is actually going quite well. And uh, they just won a big award and the main entrepreneur will be going to the UK next week to receive that. We had a well-being type of platform we were building, which we put on hold. So so right now it's just go there, search what you're looking for, whether it's travel or well-being. And then you can pull up articles and read it. So it's really simple right now. And uh, it will evolve, but it's a matter of which kind of which direction do I take it. So I can see the gears spinning in Vinny's brain from here. (laughs) Vinny, (laughs) what do you have to say about this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed. Uh, And and you said something that I love. And I, I literally, I had this aha moment about two weeks ago. We talk about podcasting. We know the value in it and the inherent amount of work that it takes to actually own a podcast and, and get it out there. Media is very new for me. And uh, yeah. you know, I never ex- thought I would be to this extent. So anything yeah, no. be helpful. Yeah. It's the coolest thing ever. And I think I'm, I'm propelled to make sure people know of the possibilities that are out there that exist. Just because again, when you're in the room and you hear certain questions get asked or you, you realize you get nothing without asking for it. I'm, I was amazed at the things at MTV you had to ask. You have to ask for VMA tickets as talent if you want to get tickets. To the, you have to ask for things, right? <laughs> Most of my clients that identify as millennials will also say they know the value in podcasting, but there's just the time is not there. I love podcast guesting. Uh, what I would do is lean deeply into podcast guesting. What I wouldn't do is just answer any request that comes your way, I would set two hours, maybe a, a month or two hours a week and commit to recording and trying to get people to record when you can best record, by the way. So the lighting is right. The dogs aren't barking. The baby's not crying. My clients aren't asking me where things are. So I know I have a, the space to be present, but here's the killer part. After the actual podcast, and I do this now as part of my podcast growth strategy, I'll actually ask the host and I'll say, look, after this is done and after you've aired it, could I have this file and could I air it on my own podcast channel? Because I got to be honest, people who know me might listen to you interview me sooner if it was done in my house, you know, on my podcast in a safe space where they already know to go. And then if they like you, they can take the leap and go over to your podcast. So for you, my recommendation would be create a podcast of people interviewing you. Usually as the oh, host, wow. by the way, you don't even get that. You don't even get to give advice. You just get to ask great questions. If you had a podcast series where you were just being interviewed by multiple different types of people, point of views, businesses, you'll realize that the facts don't change and that the characters don't change, but the stories do. And I think that listeners would sooner find themselves connecting with the person asking you questions. And then I ask, don't monetize it. So just don't monetize other people's content. But what you can do is put an ad, you're allowed in podcasting three ads, put an ad in there for them. And then also with all this great footage that I'm talking about, and even you now being a podcast guest, now that you're starting to receive files from these hosts, now maybe you can start clipping what ultimately becomes an audio ad. And now you as a podcast guest have an audio ad that you'd be able to promote. Great advice. Kenya, do you have a question or comment? I was just going to say that I love that you're in the travel and the wellness space. I think that that creates a lot of cultural experiences for people and moments. And that's what people are really into right now. So I think you have a really good opportunity to Vinny's point, expand upon that content and really reach maybe that user who hasn't had all these different experiences. Like I've only been out of the country three times. Right. So, and I'm, I want to say fairly young person. Right. But so I have like many more years of travel, but like, it would be great to have a platform like this to interact with to kind of know what to expect, like what to look for, where things are just because, you know, there's a bunch of people like me who are untraveled, right. Who want to be exposed to information and content that will be helpful. So I definitely think 
that that's a space to grow into that that could be profitable for you and for the folks looking for that type of content. Yeah, it's right. it's excellent. Well, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this segment. We're going to move right into AROC. AROC has bpmmusic.io and bpmsupreme.com and AROC's world. But I think what he's doing is really incredible for the creative community. So AROC, can you explain what your business is and how it works? Sure. Uh, so BPM Music, we're a complete suite, music suite. We create products that cater to the music creators when it comes to producers, uh, DJs, and soon for podcasters and YouTubers. Um, And that's one of our latest products that's going to be launching next year. The business really started because I used to work in radio um, at an early age, and I was pretty much in communication with, you know, Universal, Sony, Warner, and the rest of the major labels. And I realized that I was receiving the music via email. And I said to myself, why am I working and I'm receiving the music via email? This doesn't make sense. I wanted to make my process much easier because my job at the time was to curate the content and see what was trending to be able to present it to our, our music director and our PD at the time. And so what I realized is as a DJ myself at the time is that there needed to be a innovative way to solve the way that DJs discover music by putting it into a platform online. And at the time, subscription, the only thing that was a subscription-based model was like 24-hour fitness and a couple other um, businesses. But Spotify was still not in the country. Apple Music was not around. They still had an iTunes store. And so that's when I started developing BPM. So it started off as a music platform for DJs. And over the course of the years, it's it's evolved into sounds for producers. And now we're creating our new product, which will be the creators that are creating content that need background music, similar to Epidemic Sounds. And what we're doing here at BPM is we're just building great products. Most of our team members are uh, either musicians or people that come from the, that are in the music industry or have a passion for music. And we're in between the music and tech, but that's that's what we're doing right now. Excellent. Kenya. In terms of the music licensing, how are you getting over that hurdle? Right. Because I know DJs are discovering music on your platform, but like what's their right to usage? Are they just kind of going to your platform to listen? Can they use any of the music? Like how does that all work? Yeah. So we were actually um, it's funny because um, when we first started, it was all for promotional use only. And we learned I think the first uh, two years is that as we were receiving music for promotion to use only. And we got into this rabbit hole by wanting to expand really fast and and going to the labels and say, hey, we're already receiving the latest music from your marketing department, your promotional department, but we want the back catalog. We want the classic stuff because we want to have the largest music library available online for DJs. And so one thing led to another, we end up in litigation department and litigation's like, wait, you're doing what? (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're, you guys are grabbing the music from our promotional department and exploiting the music. And so it was a big lecture for us, growing pains. The good thing is, is that we were able to overcome that and we were able to get licensed. We're probably one of the only music services for DJs out of the hundreds that are out there that are actually licensed. And right now we're actually, that's one of our biggest things is trying to fight the space with the labels and saying, hey, labels, you got to make sure that everybody else is paying for the licenses. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense for us to give you the hundreds and thousands of dollars that we give you guys every year. And we're launching streaming too. So when it comes to DJing, they're the first ones to find out about technology, but they're the last ones to adopt it simply because they use it for work purposes. So when it comes to performing, they don't want to depend on Wi-Fi. So right now they still download the music, but we're one of the ones that are going to come into the space and introduce streaming and giving them a reliable source where they can depend on when it comes to performing. That's great. Yeah, Vinny, what do you think? God bless the DJ. I was in New York. I mean, if it was the DJs who introduced me to all the celebrities that were on their way into MTV, 
that gave me that edge, to be honest. So shout out. They were always the Mavericks and Super Connectors in my world, to be really honest. I have a question for you. I don't identify as an artist, but I am curious about ways to make money using sounds. I feel like when everyone got video access, everyone became a videographer. And I'm wondering now that I can upload sounds, original sounds to TikTok or Instagram, and I know there's a way to monetize somehow. Is there an easy way for people who don't identify as artists to be making money in sounds? We usually curate all the content and everybody who we work with are engineers that, that we actually either hire in-house or we hire them directly for a specific project. So it's not like a DSP or I'm not aware of gotcha. any platforms where people can just upload and monetize from it. Most of the companies will usually figure out what they're trying to accomplish the project and then they'll go out and hire the musicians or the engineers to create those packets. Yeah, as you say that, I'm realizing I just saw on LinkedIn, SoundCloud is hiring an executive for artist loyalty and rewards program. And I'm guessing that might be the remuneration that artists are getting in exchange for plays in some way other than dollars, right? There's like loyalty. I, I didn't even know that existed. So I just like, uh, I started going down a quick rabbit hole before this live. Well, I want to shift gears just a little bit because it says in my notes here. So, I mean, I could pretend like I was really smart and had all this memorized, but I like to be authentic. It says, AWOC is also a prolific producer himself, releasing tracks with top Latin DJs like Music Junkies and DJ Morpheus, as well as high profile remixes for Bad Bunny, Daddy Yankee and Pitbull. Can you talk about that a little bit, A-Rock? So I started off as a DJ. I started off at the age of 12. And at the time, it was just, it wasn't common. I, now it now it's, it's more common to see young DJs because of technology and companies like ours that make it easier for people to have access to a large library. Back then, it wasn't. So I would stand out from the breast. And that's why I started working in radio, when, I think, when I was 17 or something. And early on, I was just always very passionate about music and learning all the software that was out there, learning how to use Pro Tools at the time. Our company just did a partnership with, with Avid, which is one of the largest software companies in, in music software. You know, now with having BPM gives me the access to really establish a relationship with a lot of these artists, managers, label executives, because we have a product that people are a fan of. And that's been the cool thing about working in this space is that not only do we get to build exciting products that we're passionate about, but we also get to meet some of the people that like, like Vinny said, like these people, like I grew up listening to them or I'm fans of their music. And yet when we meet them, they're fans of us. So it's just, it's it's interesting. Yeah, so that's opened up the doors uh, to be able to create great content. Like most recently, we, we were involved with uh, Daddy Yankee and Pitbull's latest single, Hot. And then we did a couple other songs for them. And that's just all been because of the platform that we have. They also see the benefit. They see, hey, if we partner up with the team over at BPM and there's uh they could potentially help us exploit the the song to all the DJs and I think now more and more especially record labels and we see this more as we start to develop products that cater to the record labels specifically they see the importance of how important is the DJ when it comes to breaking music and it all starts with the DJ. Obviously now with, with streaming, people have access to the content much quicker, but the DJs still play a big role because the DJs are amplifying that song at the club. I think that that is amazing that you're doing that. And I, what always amazes me, and I don't know why, because I hear this story over and over and over again, is that this, these creatives and these entertainers are really good business people and they're smart and they're looking at things like these new technologies. They don't just sit on their hands and go, okay, well, I made it. I'm not going to keep learning. So that's one thing. But the other thing I wanted to ask you was how are you getting the word out? Is it through relationships mostly, or do you have like a social media presence? How are you letting people know about your platform? We have a great marketing team. There's close to 35 people inside our office right now, just constantly figuring out how to push the product. So we push the product through different mediums, you know, social media and, and relationships. But we've been in business for 10 years now. So we we rebranded. We work with a, a top agency out of New York City to rebrand and just share the story of the brand, how really it's matured into a whole new business model 
we're now we're just going after all music creators, not just the DJs. And has it been hard to get people to adopt this kind of cross between creativity and tech? I think it's a natural transition just because oftentimes we find that producers are becoming DJs and DJs are becoming producers. And then now DJs are creating their own podcasts. I realized, so I'm a car enthusiast, also watch enthusiast. And so I'm in different circles of just the lifestyle and culture. And I realized that so many people are just really passionate about music. Like music connects people in many different ways and from all levels of just different people. And I think that oftentimes I always hear like, oh, you run a music company. I've always wanted to be a DJ or I used to produce or I always used to make playlists for my parties. I hear that like every time I'm in a different circle. So what I think that here with BPM is we're just really seeing that with social media and people are utilizing music more than ever and people are becoming content creators now more than before. Oftentimes, DJs don't really want to discover music. They just want to get the latest songs and then get to their gig. And it almost becomes homework to them discovering music. And so one of the things here at BPM is we really want to change the way DJs discover music and take away that homework factor. And we know they're listening to music every day. They're just not listening to it on BPM. They listen to it on Spotify. And so what we want to do is we want to take that out of the equation and say, hey, you're already doing it every day. We got to make it simple enough so that it doesn't become homework for you. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but what website works best for you if people want to find you? Uh, my personal one is AROCKS World. It's A-R-O-C-K-S world.com. And then our music services uh, recently got moved to bpmmusic.io. And there you can learn everything about all the products that we have. Don't go away because we still have a really fun part of the show coming up after this break where we ask everybody the same question and we see what people's opinions are. Passage to Profit, Road to Entrepreneurship with Kenya Gibson sitting in for Richard Gearhart. Elizabeth Gearhart, and our special guest today, Vinny Potestivo, Emmy Award-winning media advisor and talent development exec. And if you missed any of the show, it's we've really had a great time. It's on our podcast tomorrow. And of course, this whole show has been about podcasting and media and everything. I guess that's where the world's going. But we'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Kenya Gibson sitting in for Richard Gearheart. I'm Elizabeth Gearheart. And now it's time for Noah's Retrospective. When I was a teenager, if you wanted to dance, you had to go to a big, loud, huge venue called a dance club. They still have dance clubs throughout the city, but they're not all huge and loud. They've got these small places called silent dance clubs. What are those? That's when a club operator gets a smaller room, charges a little bit less admission sometimes, sends the music right into these transistor headsets. Everyone who comes in to dance gets a headset, puts it on, they can dance together, and there you go. You have a silent dance club. Not a note of music to be heard throughout the place. A lot of dancing and stomping, but no music. Unbelievable. If this catches on, we may have people starting small rooms with lots of chairs inside charging admission to show movies. Wrap around shades, transistor headset, send the movie right into people's heads. They could actually call it invisible movies. This is what innovation means today. In fact, if one of these invisible movie operators decided to do this for a promotion, 
he could charge a nickel for people to come and sit down and watch the movie. Nothing like this has ever been done before. They could call it a Nickelodeon. All right, great. <laughs> we just had a great conversation with Angel Castillo, who is the creator and founder of BPM Music. And this has been an amazing show today. And we have a little bit of a roundtable question. So the question is, and we're going to start with Vinny, who's our guest. Who is your favorite musician or what's the last concert you went to? All right. I got to give a shout out to Mandy Moore, by the way. I got to see her on tour uh, while she was pregnant. She just had a baby. See, I have to give a shout out to the independent voices out there. It's really cool now in the year 2022 to look at some of our friends who started off signed to these deals where they weren't getting paid. They were getting zero publishing rights and that are now killing it because they believe in themselves. And they took that independent leap. So a big shout out to Mandy Moore for doing it her way. Excellent. What about you, Kurt? The last concert I saw was I was in Lake Tahoe doing a triathlon. And there was a group that I used to like in college or high school called Southern Culture on the Skids, who happened to be playing in a tiny hotel. And I went to see them. Excellent. Okay, A-Rock. It was Bad Bunny and then prior to that Coldplay and both concerts were amazing. Kenya. So for me, I would have to say my favorite female rapper is Nicki Minaj behind Foxy Brown. They're like tied for me. And I've had the opportunity to see her at Powerhouse. For me, the last concert we saw is also one of my very favorite performers on earth. And it was Elton John. Beyond amazing. I mean, he's such a performer, but it was at a huge venue. So that kind of made it not as much fun, right? Because it was at Giant Stadium in New Jersey, actually. He himself was amazing. The venue was not great. But before that, Richard and I had gone to see one of his favorite bands. So we went and saw the Gin Blossoms and Bare Naked Ladies. It was fun. I love performers. I love watching performances. I think everybody here is doing the world a favor by bringing music and performance to the rest of us. And I can only be jealous because when I start singing, the cat runs from the room. <laughs> so. Really awesome show today here on Passage to Profit. We got a chance to hear from Vinny Potestivo. <laughs> Just talked about all these great gems when it comes to getting your podcast out there, getting your personal brand out there, how to leverage visibility in the celebrity space. So lots of good note taking for sure on today's show. And you can find him at VPE talent.com and he has a podcast and the name of it is really unusual and mysterious it's called i have a podcast.com if you want to have a podcast if you want to get noticed he gave us real world specific advice that like i'm going to start using as soon as i can so you should go back and listen to that to hear what he gave away for free i can only imagine what it's like to actually work with him one-on-one -on -one. kurt davis kd alive and sunrise ventures so he had some great conversations about culture and travel and the space of well-being and we're excited to see what he's going to continue to create in that space for those of us who are less traveled and we can learn from him and you can find him at kdalive.com he's also got sunriseventures.co and kakumaventures.com what are your two books one's called finding soul from silicon valley to africa and the other one's called navigate to the lighthouse a silicon valley guide to executing global deals and then our final presenter, A-Rock Castillo, who is the founder and creator of BPM Music and BPM Supreme. He's helping DJs and creators in the music space with his innovative platform. So you want to make sure that you check him out at bpmmusic.io. Excellent. He's also got bpmsupreme.com and arocksworld.com. Who do we thank? Everybody, right? So Noah Fleischman, our producer, and also has a segment on Passage to Profit as well. Noah's retrospective. And Alicia Morrissey, who is our program coordinator. Mark Wilson, who is our syndication manager. And Elizabeth and Richard Gearhart for allowing me to be a part of this Passage to Profit team. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next week for another show of Passage to Profit, Road to Entrepreneurship. Thank you all for listening. And thanks to all of our participants. We'll see you next week.